welcome back. Another day, another vlog. Final one for a week. Uh, obviously with the travel and stuff I'm coming into, the next flying out tomorrow, big drive the next morning, very early next morning, and then I won't have reception for two days while I'm at Lucky Bay. Uh, and then might be able to get back into it at Albany, see how we go, so might be tricky. Um, anyway, so don't forget Friday night's show, that'll be coming up, that video's done and dusted, that's the Barra Classic wrap up, a bit of fun, a little bit of a view of the classic, uh, some, some of all the fish we got to catch, uh, me catching myself with a hook in my bum, uh, that's pretty funny, I'm sure you'll have a laugh at my expense. And uh, yeah, some other good stuff out of that. So looking looking forward to it. Looking forward to getting off site. It'll be the first time I haven't been locked up in a room with nowhere really to go for five weeks. I've been five, two weeks isolation and then another four or five days uh, on site and then two weeks. So yeah, about four and a half weeks straight with nowhere to go and nothing to do other than a walk around a camp. So pretty pumped actually to get back to normal, to get back to the land of the living uh, tomorrow. It's going to be exciting. Rightio, uh, now today's show, we've got a few things we want to talk about. We're going to go, we've got some big news in regards to EVs, so electric vehicles. Uh, Logistic-wise is probably something that's forgotten about. Superchargers we know in Australia are terrible very rare to find a spot that I actually have a supercharger to charge your car. It involves you pre-planning -pre any sort of a trip to make sure you can actually get there and get back. Uh, unfortunately, Australia, we're way behind everyone else on the planet in regards to electric vehicles. Um, England has come out and, well, they're taking a step to be one step in front, I guess. They've put out a mandate that all new houses that are built in England, uh, as of, I think... A, about a week or so ago, have to have EV charging points built into the house when they are built. Uh, I think it's fantastic. It's a good idea. And look, it's electric cars. We've talked about it on this channel for many a couple of years now, and I'm a big fan of it, and I think it's definitely the way to go. I'm looking forward to it once the cost of them can actually come down to affordable things, affordable level. Uh, they're no way sustainable at the moment for the cost. Everyone's wages would have to double to be able to afford the electric cars the amount they cost at the moment to get a car that's actually useful. So it's a little bit tricky in that regards. But getting getting things like this EV point at home is fantastic. But I also did think, well, that's great, but like solar power isn't mandated. Like why haven't we've had solar for what, 20 years at least? Probably last five, ten years where it's got actually really good and half decent. Um, it, wouldn't it be great for the, especially Australian government and I'm sure other governments to get out there and mandate the same thing. All new houses built should have at least 6.6 .6 kilowatts of power going in. That should cover most basic functions of a house. That's what I've just put on my house, my new house. We've just put 6.6 .6 kilowatts on there. 25 year guarantee for the, for the cells. Uh, I Pretty much, I think we haven't paid a bill yet. In two months, we've only been in there about a month and a half. I think we had a $50 credit after a month and a half. So <laughs> it's crazy. Like It's something that, A, it creates a lot of great work, and it's not hard work. You don't have to be a, a real rocket science. You can have one sparky to hook it all up, and then the other guys just labor is putting them onto the house. Um, 
it should be part of a new house builder and it'd be good to see the Australian government and other governments to say, hey, righto, that's a good idea. We're going to put EV charges in there. Let's let's make it zero use and just make it fully renewable by making these houses that have to have EV charges have to have at least 6.6 kilowatts of charging. Nothing less and a certain standard cell you can be mandated by the government. All the it's only going to put another ten grand onto the cost of a house. It's going to cost you two hundred grand anyway in Australia. Two hundred fifty grand for a house. What's another ten grand when it's when it means you're not going to have to pay any power bills? Uh, realistically, it's nothing. You'll pay more in fees and charges to the scumbag banks uh, than what the power system's going to cost you, and you're going to save that easily in the next ten years. So. I think it should be good. Uh, great to see England leading the way with the EVs. That's the logistics side's a bit. They, it's great to have nice, beautiful, shiny cars that do amazing things. But if you can't go anywhere because the infrastructure is not there, which we have nothing, America's pretty good. Tesla's done a good job of getting the infrastructure out, the logistical side of things. But uh, yeah, that's the bit that really needs to start ramping up is that infrastructure, getting the charging points in. How are they going to be managed? What system are they going to use? You can't have 65 different. Currently, you can get petrol from every station and it's all the friggin' same. It's a set standard. You can't have 65 different power charging points. Uh, I guess you can, but you're going to have a service station with the same thing as fuel bowsers, but you're going to have all different charging ones. You're going to have to work out which one's your charger and go there. So I guess fuel stations will, servos will just turn into charging stations and instead of having 65 nozzles I'll have 65 electric plugs because no one wants to use the same unified one system tech let's make it like whatever it's going to be 400 watts or 900 watts or 600 whatever it's going to be uh, that's something I think they really need to get sorted out all of the different car companies and go right out well this is the one that's not going to destroy the batteries but going to give us our 15 minute target time for charging uh, let's all get on this, and this is the plug we're going to use, make it standardised like USB-C, unless you're Apple, <laughs> um, and do it that way. I think those sort of things, the logistics size is where they, the governments need to focus now. The uh, private sector's got the cars and the, and the gear coming. Uh, it's no good having them if there's no way you can charge them or doing anything. So, yeah, so here we go. Now, GoPro 10, uh, the boys at Ingaf uh, reported this morning, late this morning, um, Japan Canon has come out and put a press release out apologizing for the delay. So I think yesterday we reported there was going to be delays with those lenses and the R3. They've been put on the list. Well, Canon Japan has come out and confirmed that with a full apology saying that they didn't expect the... Uh, didn't expect it to go so well, I guess, which is really strange. And um, considering how long they've had the R3 in production and we've known about it and seen the pictures of it, like they've had at least 12 months as the boys, I think AJ and Pete were talking about this morning. It was, and I was like, oh, far out. Um, now I've got them pre-ordering for the 100 to 400. I now know I've got a delay, but you've paid all the money and you're sitting there. It's like, oh, I really wanted to use it on a trip and now I just have to wait like everyone else. So there's not much you can do about it. Uh, we all know 20, 2020 was painful, but 2021, if you're uh, into tech or buying anything, is a nightmare. Uh, it's an absolute nightmare. So I can't see it stopping for the next... It's going to take at least 6 to 12 months, I guess, to get back into the rhythm. 
and get everything flowing again. And it's not really going to flow again properly until we sort out this COVID mess and travel and, and getting people working and back on track and getting the production levels up. So I can't see it happening. Uh, I can't see it being a short-term fix coming anytime soon. So it's just one of those things where I guess you just got to wait and just suck it up. Not much you can do, unfortunately. Now, um, let me just look at my notes. Boom, boom, boom. Yes, last but not least, big one. Uh, if you're a Back to the Future fan, Michael J. Fox, epic, epic time travel movie genre, uh, I guess, a cult classic. Amazing. Uh, well, when he goes to the future, he gets the Nike lace-up boots. I think it was Back to the Future 2 or 3 or something. Um, yeah, wild shoes. Now, 2011... Nike actually brought out a pair of these. They had lights in it and the laces itself laced. Uh, I think they were like 10,000 bucks. I do remember coming out, they were like 10 grand US to, to buy a pair and they went like, like that. Um, there was only 1,500 pairs made worldwide. And well, even specialer was there was a few pairs that Michael J. Fox signed because he auctioned them off for the... Oh, they were all made actually for the for his Parkinson's uh, foundation, which is fantastic. Good on your Nike, good work for that. Now there's a few of them that he actually signed and they're even rarer. So imagine 10 grand for a normal set, uh, what a pair would be worth today? Well, you, if you've always wanted a pair and you, you've got money to burn, uh, you need to get in quick. Sotheby's, the auction house, world famous auction house has a set in on auction, it's an online auction, so you don't have to go anywhere to check it out. You can actually go online and put a bid in directly, no worries at all. Just go to Sotheby's and put Sotheby's Back to the Future. You'll get you'll get the link. That's what I did, and uh, they're there, signed, autographed by Michael J. Fox in the box, basically brand new condition. Back to the Future Nike boots, high tops. Uh, they estimated between thirty and fifty thousand US dollars for these boots. Well. I had a look at the bidding. It's currently up to forty thousand US dollars. Now bidding finishes on September the twenty fourth um, at two o one a.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. So wherever you are, obviously when you go to look, it'll give you your time frame for you. So just go check that out. But if you're interested, I'd say you're going to need probably at least the fifty grand. I think it's probably going to go up higher. That we still got some. Some days left, three days left. I'd say maybe 50 to 60 for these. Uh, Michael J. Fox signed one. They're a collector's item from one of the most amazing film genres and, and franchises ever. And uh, uh, being only 1,500 pairs when they actually come out, you drop it down, there's probably only maybe four or five pairs that are actually signed by the Michael J. Fox. Makes them even more valuable. So pretty insane. 40, 50,000 US, that's like 60, 70,000 dollars Australian for a pair of sneakers. It's insane, isn't it? But look, they are super, super famous shoes, and I have no doubt they'll get what they want from them. So if you are multi millionaire or billionaire or whatever, this is your chance to own a piece of history. Put it proudly in the pool room next to, uh, I don't know, a robot. <laughs> or whatever else you've got there. Maybe the skateboard, you can buy the skateboard next. That would be cool. Radio, and that's about it. Look, have a great week. Um, don't forget Friday, 
look, I'd love to be able to do every day, but reception is terrible in Australia. I'll try my best. If I can find reception down there and I can do maybe a, I can just go stream live straight from the phone and do a quick one each day just to give you a catch up of what's happening and what I've done, I'll do my best to do that. But yeah, I've got a funny feeling it's going to be a bit dicey. Uh, so it might be a bit of a week off. And I'll, worst case, I'll see you next Wednesday when I get back to work. Radio, whether you're coming this way, that way, I'll see you tomorrow. Peace.